0: Welcome back. This is Perspectives and I'm Condis Presley. Next up, we have a conversation about a production that has been in Atlanta for more than a quarter century. Now, different companies have produced the show. The great thing is that the production is back on stage right now at the First Center on the Georgia Tech campus. The show is Black Nativity, and we are joined by three key players in the production. Let me first just start with you, Mr. Connor, and have each of you introduce yourselves.
1: Robert John Connor, and I'm the executive producer and director of the show. Nathan Thickpin, and
2: I am one of the actors in the show. Chris
1: Higgins,
3: and I'm also one of the actors, singers in the show.
0: I wanted to get the three of you on today to talk about Black Nativity and this particular production because you haven't been able to perform, produce, be on stage for now almost two years. It must be extra special to be able to bring this production back to the citizens of Atlanta.
1: Absolutely. We know how important um, the holiday season is, and we know how important the show has been to the community at large in regards to how it provides a certain level of hope and inspiration. Uh, you know, Once the pandemic hit, uh, we began to pivot as all organizations did and scramble to find ways to bring our production to our audiences because we received so many emails about, we really love the show, we really wanna see the show. Uh, Last year, we were able to stream a televised version of it and it had, a great impact and great meaning, but nothing is like the live production. It is something that you will not see anywhere in any city on any stage based on the level of talent and the spirit of the show and just the level of performances that go on uh, in that one hour and 40 minutes.
0: Mr. Thigman, tell me about the character you play and what you're bringing to this role.
2: So I play a couple of characters. Uh, I play um, a shepherd and I also play the deacons, which is Chris, <laughs> uh, the deacon's nephew, who's visiting the church. Uh, from Las Vegas, and and it connects with me because I'm a visiting um, worship leader, and I am an actual worship leader. And I'll just say one thing that's very special about this um, this particular uh, production is that it brings the church experience to the stage. In a very authentic way, let me say, because you see you see a lot of productions and, and and TV shows and movies and they try to, you know, emulate the black church and they'll give you give you something, and a lot of it is comical, and, and we have that as well. Uh but one thing I love about uh, this production and that it gives you that authentic worship, that authentic black church experience. If you've ever been to a black church and you've Felt the spirit of God and, and it move you to tears or move you to to lift your hands or move you to even get out of your seat. That's what's actually in this production and that's why I love it because I am a worship leader. I get to be a worship leader in a sense in this production, um, and that true church authenticity is one thing that I really really connect with with one of my characters. The other character is I'm a shepherd, um, and I get to play. We kind of have this kind of brotherly. Um, folly thing going on. Um, it's very exciting to see uh, one of my favorite scenes. Um, uh, I can't give it totally away, but a uh, uh, highlight of the show as well. And I get to play a shepherd with two other amazing characters uh, or, or actors in this who play the characters, which is Lawrence Math- uh, Lawrence Flowers, as well as Chad Chambers, uh, who's also in the show as well. And
0: Chris Hagan, you are, as, as just described, uh, one of the characters you play as a deacon in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. While Black Nativity gives the audience the authentic black church experience my sense is that this is still a show that will have appeal for a multicultural audience correct
3: of course it will i mean you know i actually had an opportunity to work with a uh, another congregation for several years and uh, you know they were white and 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 we shared a lot of common experiences i had some cultural things going on, has it related to the music, but once we got through that, we had so many things in common, so God is a God of all, so when you say Black Nativity, it's told from our perspective in reference to it being gospel music, the setting in the Black church, and in the second half, the setting, you know, kind of like an African village, but the, the theme is still the same for us all. God is there for us, God is there for them. What we feel is the same thing that everybody feels. What we experience is the same thing has everybody experiences. So that's, that's part of the um, connection to other audiences coming to view our production. And of course, like Dayton said, the spirit of the production is authentic. A friend of mine was there the other night he said his wife came to see the show and she wanted to know if some of the moments that she saw were real or, what, or were we playing, you know, acting our part. But in actuality, it was real. What we feel in spirit is real. So that connects to all people. So it's open to everybody.
1: Yeah, Black Nativity, though it's titled Black Nativity, but Langston Hughes originated the title back in the 60s. It was uh, at that time where uh, African-Americans were beginning to, you know, honor and recognize their own place in their own belief system. Uh, Up until then, you know, you can imagine that most African-American households had a picture of John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and a white Jesus. And so it was about identifying your culture in your faith. Uh, But Black Nativity is completely universal. We have audiences from all walks of life and not just walks of life from say ethnicity, but also cultures and religions that come because the spirit of hope and joy is universal. And that's what Black Nativity brings. Those, the costumes, the dancing, all of those things are so thrilling to see that it has become an annual tradition, not just for the African-American community in Atlanta, but also an, an annual tradition for other cultures because they know how exciting and fun and joyful the show is.
0: Robert John Connor, you've got almost a decade of production experience in Black Nativity in Atlanta. Why was it so important to you to make sure that this would go on this year especially?
1: Well, so, the, so here's the history. Chris um, is one of the original cast members back, back, back in the day, 26 years ago. And uh, funny enough, I used to share the stage with him. So as an actor, I immediately knew that this show had a special meaning. Uh, When I began to transition into directing and producing, the very first show that I thought of I would want to bring back to the stage, one of them was Black Nativity because I knew how important it was to me as an actor. I knew how it galvanized our community and how it was uh, from the African-American standpoint, it was our nutcracker, it was our Christmas carol. And I felt like it was my responsibility to keep tradition keep a certain tradition in our community. You know, traditions are really important. Storytelling is really important within the African-American community. So yes, it was important to me when I got the show that I kept the tradition and kept the show alive uh, throughout, these 10 years now.
0: Chris, Dathan, how has it been for each of you? It's nothing like it. So
2: it's great that we are back and people are in the seats. People are there, lifting their hands. We can see them, they can see us. It's nothing like actually hearing it and being in the theater. And so we're really excited. We've done five shows now and we still got 10 more to go, but uh, it's exciting every single night to just hear the applause, the roars of the applause. And just to see the faces, see the tears, people wiping tears, we get to see that. And it's amazing to see. It's nothing like it, honestly. You can't see that through the TV. <laughs> and Chris, you yeah. were going to weigh in.
3: Yeah, you know, there's there's a genuine connection there. You know, gospel has a tradition of call and response. It's a connection that's made between us and an audience. So to have that audience there, and like Jason said, to feel their energy, whether it be applause or not, it's just the fact that they're there and that connection is made. And you feel that spirit in the room. And so it's different from singing to an empty hall. You know, we're professionals, so we know how to do that. But to have that audience there and to feel that energy and to be able to give it back in the, in the, the realm of how we do it, it's so special. It's so special. It's nothing like it.
1: And can I say that the 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 caliber and level of talent that you are going to encounter when you come see Black Nativity is something beyond what you will see. I I, I would be proud to say in any show the the caliber of singers and dancers and performers that are part of this show, everybody walks out of the show like, oh, my God, could if there were. There, does everyone sing like that? Can everyone dance like that? Um, so that's why we really invite the Atlanta community to come out. I know there are some misgivings about COVID and uh, there are some protocols in place and we really encourage people to continue to wear their masks. Um, however, I just think that um, the, if the room is spacious enough that if you wanted to come, you, you really don't wanna miss this show. Uh, we have people like Latrice Pace, who's from the Anointed Pace Sisters, a legendary gospel group. We have another young man who is was on America's Got Talent. His name is Joseph Clark, who is also an incredible singer and talent and, and musician. So it's just such a power-packed show that makes you laugh and makes you cry. But ultimately, when you walk out, you feel hopeful and inspired. And it is a really great kickoff for your holiday season. So um, Like Nathan said, we have 10 more shows at the first Center for the Arts. I will say the thing that I also don't wanna miss talking about is that the spectrum of African-American music that is incorporated in this show. um, We cover the spectrum of music, not just one style, not just one genre. It really shows the diversity of voices and styles of arrangements and musical styles within the African-American community we have Negro spirituals, we have straight up gospel, we have lullabies, we have things that are more classical. So, um, you know, I know it's coined as a gospel musical experience. That's the sub tagline. And the, the core of it is gospel by about the word of gospel is about telling about the good news. Yes. So that's the gospel of it. But really the experience is that from beginning to end, you are going to be saturated with all different styles of music and dance. So when you leave out, you're full. And when I mean full, you're full emotionally, you're full spiritually, you're full intellectually, you really come out. So many people walk out the show and they're just really overwhelmed. Like I came to see theater and I left with so much more. And so that's why I, as a producer, uh, feel this show is incredibly valuable. and We have to continue to support these traditions in our community. So they last beyond our years. You know, I will pass this on to somebody and hopefully somebody will pass this on to somebody because that's how our traditions live.
0: Wonderful. I couldn't add anything more to that, but I will ask before we wrap, if there is anything else, any of you wanted to share something that you wanted to make sure that the audience knows that I might not have thought to ask you in this time.
3: Just an invitation. I mean, we'll just take this opportunity to invite everybody to come out and and catch the remaining shows. And, you know, Robert made such a good point. And Robert, I I actually thought about that moment while we were on stage the other night doing um, Isaiah's song, um, The Spiritual. (laughs) And I'm like, we do all these contemporary songs. We do, you know, spunk down gospel. And like Rob said, we do the lullabies. But then we also transition into what has been called the Negro spiritual. And, and I was in awe of the fact that we have that kind of talent on the stage that can go from those different genres, move into those different realms effortlessly. So obviously, we want everybody to come and experience that while we have these 10 shows remaining. Come and be a part of this, it's gonna be fantastic.
0: Black Nativity, a gospel Christmas music celebration continues now through Sunday, December 19th at the First Center for the Arts on the Georgia Tech campus. Again, this is an African-American telling of the nativity story based on the song play written by Langston Hughes, come and your heart will be filled. Is that right, Robert?
1: That is right, absolutely.
0: It is an Atlanta holiday tradition A Christmas Carol at the Alliance Theater. It's a tradition that we missed last year because, well, you know. We are happy to welcome today Leora Morris. She is the director of A Christmas Carol at the Alliance Theater and the actor in the lead role as Ebenezer Scrooge, Andrew Benader. Welcome to both of you.
4: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Leora, it had to be difficult not working on this last Christmas, but it seems that that time away Gave the creative forces a great opportunity to create an amazing show this year.
4: Yeah, it's um. Although we premiered this year, we've been working on this production for about five years, maybe longer. And so, um, while everyone was in lockdown in COVID or not able to put on full productions, the Alliance staff, the creative. The creative team on the production was working really hard on continuing to evolve the script and think through all of the music choices. And the production department at the Alliance was really busy creating and realizing everything that all of the designers had had designed in the year previous so the costume shop was building hundreds of costumes for the 20 actors that are on stage the um, production department created this four ton set that lives on a giant 30 foot turntable so everyone was really really busy actualizing everything in anticipation of this finally coming to life.
0: Creatively, how do you know when it's time to update a story and make it more relevant to the audience that's going to see it in 2021?
4: That's a great question. I mean, Susan Booth, the Artistic Director of the Alliance, was ready to... To invite David Bell, who did the adapt the old adaptation that ran at the Alliance for I don't know fifteen years, twenty years, that it was time to invite him to take another look at the story because the world has changed radically and the uh, the physical space of the Alliance Theater had changed. And so we invited David Bell to do this new adaptation, and I think he took the opportunity to reinvest in the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and this transformation that he goes through that we all know and love, but to really situate that inside the story of a community and all of the people that Scrooge, whether intentionally or in my opinion, relatively unintentionally, is causing a lot of harm to. And we see that as he moves from withdrawing from life and kind of disconnecting from all of the people around him and their humanity and his own humanity and plugs into the life force and the joy that's available to him all around that he has not been participating in that that one person at the center of this group of 20 people can have this tremendous ripple effect of buoyancy and joy and silliness and generosity and compassion. So really it's, it's the story of a community rather than the story of just a man.
0: Andrew, will you share with us your take on portraying this classic character, Ebenezer Scrooge?
5: I approach it the way I approach any character. Um, it's, it is a, uh, he's an iconic, character and that a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions coming in or a lot of previous experience, prior experience of, of who this guy is, what he sounds like, what he looks like. Um, and as with any, it's, 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 it's like playing Hamlet. You have to sort of ignore any other previous iteration and bring yourself to it and try to get into his skin, figure out where he's coming from why he's doing what he's doing, why he's treating people the way he's treating him, sort of uh, approach it the same way you do with any character, with objectives and intentions and obstacles, that kind of thing.
0: Leroy, the show, as you mentioned, introduces the audience to an entirely new set. And I know, There's a story behind that. Can you tell us what that is?
4: Well, the set is, um, it's a piece of magic, really. I mean, the Alliance hired Todd Rosenthal and he brought his imagination and his detail obsession with Victorian architecture to the stage. So we have a huge turntable that is four-sided. And one of the joys of this production, I think, or of the story is that we have all these spirits and they do magic. And so it's an opportunity for our show to create magic and we have all kinds of tricks that happen with that turntable, whether it's a space that gets turned over in a radical fast time that you think is impossible, but somehow it happens, or uh, little little places opening up and revealing things that you're not expecting, like ghosts or magical boxes or lights. Um, so it really is kind of a, um, I think about those, when you go to birthday parties and you get those packages and you unwrap one layer and then another layer and then another layer and another layer, it's just kind of this bottomless box of tricks Um, But really inspired by St. Martin's Clock in St. Martin's Lane, um, this big, beautiful, very kind of Victorian British piece of architecture that anchors us in, in that city. Talk
0: to me about this incredible cast. It appears you've been very intentional in the casting of the show because it looks like Atlanta, incredibly diverse. And unless I'm mistaken, the actor playing Tiny Tim is actually an actress
4: correct we we affectionately call her tiny tina sometimes um yeah the the cast is tremendous and um it i'm so glad to hear you say it does look like atlanta because to me it looks and feels like atlanta and atlanta is so rich the acting community in atlanta is tremendous and so we sought the best folks in the city that we could find to bring the hearts of these people to life and that had kind of the spirit of the production and ended up with this incredible group of 20 who um I mean really the what I think is so special about this production and I'd never worked on it before Andrew worked on previous production so he can probably speak about this but um there is this sense on the first day of rehearsal of the like walking into a Christmas party, actually, that there's this kind of here we are, let's have a good time. Our job is to channel and invite the audience into the spirit of this moment. And even if it starts with someone who's you know unintentionally cruel, um, that that we, we need to plug into everything he's missing and the kind of opportunities at the grocery store with the person selling you your, you know, Clementines or Panatone or, you know, that there's opportunities um, or when you're picking up your dry cleaning or the, the teller at the bank that there's kind of opportunities everywhere to infuse your relationships, even the most casual ones with the kind of spirit of the season. And that's just what that cast feels like, not to mention they got talent. So, you know, between the singing and the flying and the puppetry and the dialect, and we paid a lot of attention this year to kind of thinking really intentionally about how these people and these bodies, these histories come to be on the stage and think about, you know, what dialect did their grandmother speak or what languages did they hear in their childhood home, even if they're speaking English now on the stage. Um, so the, the cast came with tons of appetite and so much talent and facility with, with the craft. And
0: Andrew, you've got to be delighted to be able to return to work as a performer.
5: It's great. The first day in the room, in the rehearsal room, when we had 20 actors, Leora, designers, stage management, you know, I don't know, close to 30 people in the room was, uh, was so exciting and so thrilling. Um, that's you know, we call it the room, and the room is a, a sacred space for for actors. It's church, it's um, it's where we feed our souls. And to have not been in the room for 20 months and get back in was amazing. Um, and then there was a, another another amazing day was, is your first day on stage when you get to play on this unbelievable set. And then a few days after that was the first time we took our masks off and It was like Christmas morning. It was like a bunch of kids running around giggling, seeing each other's full faces for the first time. It was incredible. Uh, Yeah, it's been a very, very joyful experience.
0: Leora, I understand that if an audience member is not able to see the show in person at the Alliance Theater, there are going to be other opportunities to stream the program. Tell us about that.
4: There are. Yeah. Because of the pandemic, the Alliance has gotten really, really good at capturing live productions. So um, they captured our final preview the night before opening, which I think was one of the best performances that the cast gave that I got to see. Um, And it will be available for streaming, I believe, from December 17th, but all the way into the new year. So people will actually be able to stream if they want to on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day, on Boxing Day, on New Year's, whenever the family is kind of gathered and wherever in the world they are. So I'm from Canada. My family in Canada will be will be watching from afar and anyone Uh, is invited.
0: And Andrew, what is it that you are hoping that audiences will take away from not only your performance, but the performance of the other 19 actors in this year's adaptation and production of A Christmas Carol at the Alliance Theater?
5: The spirit of the season that uh, you can change. It's all the whole show is about redemption and the ability to change and self-reflection and think about how you walk through the world and whether there may be a a way that you would be better to walk through it.
0: Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I'd hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condas Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condas? C O N D. A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore New Perspectives.